This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Right now, it's time for one of my favorite segments on the radio, and that's, of course, my dear friend, Dr. Ken Turner, known as Dr. History, brought to you by Minicasha Sales at 1321 East Main Street in Burley, right across from the airport. Number to call, 878-2091. We'll have more about Minicasha Sales, but right now, good morning to Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. Uh, why are we getting you on that one? I think we got a different mic. Let's try that one. Okay. How, how's that? Yeah. I think they switched microphones in the holder on me. All right. Okay, well, we've got that one taken care of. Good morning, sir. Good morning. It's a nice day out there. Sunny, bright, shiny. Yeah, and sweaty. Crops are looking good. Sweaty. Sweaty, it is. It's hot. And it's going to be for a while. Now, what are you going to talk about today? I mean, certainly you've got uh, old stories of the Old West. This guy, you're going to know right off the bat, and most people are going to know about him because there's been a movie about him with John Wayne, Uh and there's a song that mentions his trail. Okay. Am I giving you some hints? Davy Crockett? John Chisholm. Oh, John Chisholm. Yeah. Yes. John Chisholm. Um, you know, men men called him the Jingle Bob King of the Pecos. Okay. And that he was. He was uh, from the tip of his scruffy boots, uh, worn and faded trousers stuffed inside his boots, and had a thin-looking face. I got a picture I'll show you here in a minute. Uh, kind of a prominent nose, dark brown hair, bushy mustache. He was every inch uh, acknowledged master of a cattle domain that was actually larger than a lot of the eastern states. Now, I got to ask you a question. Was it in New Mexico or Texas? I'm trying to remember. Well, it's actually, uh, as I go along here, I think it's actually part of both. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Now, John Chisholm uh, was not a gunman. He didn't carry a gun. Uh, He rarely packed a six-shooter since cattle was his business. And so he didn't want to, he wasn't in the business of killing people. Yeah. So anyway, he qualifies for this story today because of his personal speed or accuracy, or not because of that, uh, with a weapon. He just didn't do that. Okay. So things like that just didn't matter to him. But because he associated with men who did live by the gun and whose lives were, for better or worse, tied together with his. For example, Billy the Kid, Pat Garrett, and enough other outlaws and lawmen uh, that uh, these guys were frequent visitors to his ranch in near Roswell, New Mexico. Really? So he had a lot of visitors on both sides of the law. Well, was he a, a big guy? Was he a little guy? What kind of a guy was he? Um, you know, I'm not sure if it actually tells me how big he was. I'm going to show you a picture. Let me take a nobody little. can see, but he looks like a cowboy, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, with a hat on, he would be uh, John Chisholm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you're right, John Wayne did portray that individual. Right. Yeah. 
Yep. So, but uh, actually, Madison County, Tennessee, was where he was born. The second of five children. He was born August fifteenth, eighteen twenty-four. So that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was thirteen. The family moved to Lamar County in East Texas, near the Oklahoma line. Now, over the years, he tried driving cattle into Arkansas, Louisiana, but the insects and the mud and the swamps and the river stopped him, and and he really didn't do very good at that. It was you kind know, of a losing proposition. It kind of makes you wonder. They were he was born and raised in what state? Uh, you just say, say Illinois, Illinois, right? Yeah. Well, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. And to go all the way to Texas, way back in those early years with the Indian raids, the Comanches and everything, why would a family want to move there? You, you, it makes you wonder. You know, I have wondered that as people moved west and right on the edge of civilization, yeah. the dangers with... It really? Uh, you know, it, but they did. They just kept moving west. But anyway, he ran twice for county clerk, got elected the second time, but gave it up when he made, met an eastern financier named Stephen Fowler. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy was a financial guy, and he looked Chisholm over and said he would invest in cattle if he could find someone who knew anything about the animals. Well, Chisholm, of course, knew a lot. So in the spring of 1854, he and Fowler launched a 10-year partnership. Now, the partners grazed uh, livestock near Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, and for the first, of course, it wasn't there then, but and for the first five years, everything went good. Then came the Civil War, mm-hmm. the collapse of the Confederacy, Indian raids, and a lot of the cowboys went to war. Okay. And so, and then drought. Uh, Fowler wasn't sure things would ever be the same again, so Chisholm bought him out, and he moved to present-day San Angelo. Now, do you know where that is? I do. I've been there. Okay. Yes. And that's in Texas, right? Yep. San Angelo, Texas. Okay. So now he's 40 years old. They have a great stock show and rodeo there. Okay. So now he's 40 years old. Uh, He turned his face westward. He had a brother that looked over the New Mexico Pecos River, thought it looked good, and talked old John into moving there. I see. Now, Chisholm established his headquarters at Bosque Grand. Now, does that sound familiar? I think the pronunciation is Bosque Grande. Bosque Grande. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's I could be wrong on that. But 30 that's or 40 miles downriver from Fort Sumner. He sold uh, stock to the Bosque Redondo Indian Reservation. And love to have those words in the story, don't you? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> stumble, stumble. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Anyway, he sold a bunch of cattle. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and two small ranchers and miners. And uh, government contracts were a really good source of uh, income for him right. uh, for the military posts. Now, in addition, Chisholm would put together herds for Charles Goodnight that we've talked about before. Yep, yep. He was a nearby rancher who made yearly drives to Dodge City and points north. However, uh, in rounding up this assortment of cattle, Chisholm did not always pay proper attention to the brands. Oh, in other words. Uh, too often, he simply kind of absorbed I see. another rancher's cattle on the verbal promise that the cattle would be paid once uh, the steers were all marketed. And, and sometimes these, uh, you know, he would have a poor memory. But uh, anyway, uh, he had this agreement. And John Chisholm had a strong tendency toward, like I say, being absent-minded. But uh, one particular instance, a irate rancher tracked him down. Uh huh. Never had any trouble collecting. Old John just grinned and wrote him out a check. Wrote him out a check. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to have a fight. No, no, he, yeah. he knew. Sure, he had uh, obtained a thousand head of cattle, but that's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wrong <laughs> brands, but hey, you know. So now we're here in 1875. Chisholm moved his headquarters to near present-day Roswell, New Mexico. And here he built a house called the Square House. 
It was eight small rooms surrounding a patio, and later he replaced it with what he called the Longhouse. Now, this was an adobe structure 148 feet long and 39 feet wide. This is a big house. Well, I would say so. Yeah. Now, to pro- provide fresh water, he dug a what he called a drinking ditch, which makes me a little nervous, but yeah. from the South Spring, which was a tributary of the Pecos, to his home. And it flowed beneath the central hallway in the longhouse. Wow. And then curled around and watered his crops and his trees. Really? So that was their drinking water. Wow. But what year was that, by the way? 1875. 75. Yep. But the dining room table sat 26 people, and it was rare when any chair stood empty. Boy, I was going to say that would be pretty lonesome at breakfast in the morning <laughs> if nobody showed up. But tramping through his house at one time or another came governors, legislators, intellectuals, businessmen, army officers, common soldiers, buffalo hunters, outlaws, sheriffs, gold seekers. Including the other neighbors that were looking for their cattle. Look at, hey, have you seen my cows? <laughs> So, now, he had a niece, 16-year-old Sally, and uh, he kind of had a crush on her, uh, but she was like the perfect hostess. Really? I mean, she would take care of the people that came for dinner and everything. Okay. Anyways, this might be a good time for a break. You You know, it would be. I'd like to just come in and talk about Minicasha sales real quick, because Zach and the rest of the crew, they really, really appreciate what Dr. History is and does right here on Zebeth Ranch, and it's a great time to install new... New carpeting and maybe even a new metal roof. Hey, all you have to do is go into Minicasha Sales and see everything that they've got available for you. All the western windows and the carpet like I just talked about. They are a huge supporter of this area and, of course, can help you. Also with the western windows and all the tartar gates and panels. The best. Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main in Burley, right across from the airport. Zach and the rest of the crew serving you and wishing you a very happy 4th of July weekend, Minicasha Sales. You're oh, on, Doc. I'm on. I knew. You gave me the look. <laughs> so here we have this luxurious home. Now, you would expect John Chisholm to have an expensive room, an office, you know, really nice, yeah. leather chairs, all that. But instead, his office was his bedroom. It was really? yeah, neat, plain. In addition to a small bed, he kept a safe, a walnut writing desk, and a big dictionary. That was it. Now, wait a minute. You never did say if he got married. Well, that's what I was going to get to. I figured you were. <laughs> he was not a complicated man, and he never married. He never, never married. married. Nope. Now, he had a lifelong reputation as a ladies' man, uh-huh. and uh-huh. several females at one time or another almost slipped the noose around his neck, but he always pulled away just in time. Yeah. So, never Uh married. Never married. I mean, his first love really was this Chisholm Empire, and it was huge. It extended 150 miles up and down the Pecos River from mountain range to mountain range, almost a fifth of New Mexico at one time. A lot of people think about the King Ranch as being so big and so uh, elaborate and everything, but this guy was, Chisholm was pretty big, too. Oh, he was huge. Yeah. Now, one reason he held it is he controlled the water. Well, in this case, the river. Ooh. Of course, that, you know, and he never paid anyone for all this open range, but he claimed it and owned it by right of occupation. Basically. Right of occupation. So, yeah. in other words, I'm sitting here and I ain't getting up. And don't come in on yeah, me. Yeah, okay. So, anyway, at the height of his glory, seventy to 80,000 cattle grazed on Chisholm land. And a lot of them weren't even his. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, if you here and there, you know. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, 
but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But his rail brand uh, along the steer's left flank from the shoulder to the hip, uh, that was his brand. He was best known for the Jingle Bob brand. Yeah. Now, that's an ear notch, right? Uh, the Jingle Bob is uh, in relation to spurs. Okay. The Jingle Bob on spurs. Okay. Yep. But then they also did a, a technique where they cut a notch in the ear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. so the ear flopped in a certain manner. Right. But anyway, there were the days when men rode for the brand, and they were proud of their association. And they stood by the boss, and the boss stood by them. I mean, it was a unique loyalty. They they were good guys. Yeah. And uh, Sure, they were stealing the neighbor's cattle. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they were working together. But uh, when a Chisholm trail hand was shot and killed, John nodded his head, and the murderer's horse was led out from beneath the cottonwood tree at the end of a rope. Yep. So they they did their, their own lockheed. Yeah. Frontier justice. Yeah. Now, although John Chisholm did tolerate small-time thefts, big-time wrestling was a different matter. Yeah. And, of course, the Indians were always a nuisance, often a menace, and the Chisholm cowhands fought fire with fire and lead with lead, and... John and his range boss, a guy named Jim Hysaw, rode into El Paso on the trail of some stolen cattle and found their beeves ready to be slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Well, Hysaw, reputedly a kind of a dangerous guy, he charged small rancher Dick Smith with the thefts and promptly shot him. Oh, my. <laughs> so, anyway, but of all of Chisholm's trouble... And the, nothing happened. No. Oh. No. Okay. He's, he'd stolen cattle. Yeah. He deserved to be shot. But Chisholm had done that himself. Yeah, but he's a good guy. Oh. <laughs> or bigger. I, I don't see. Know. But, uh, you know, all the troubles he had, the worst he had was the Lincoln County War. Ah. Uh, now, I think... That's that, where Billy the Kid comes in. Right. Now, I'm just yeah. going to mention a little bit about that. Okay. You know, the West shared had a share of grassland wars, but... And they had a lot of feuds and one thing or another, an untold number of deaths. But <clears throat> by most accounts, the violence was pretty small, involving a few people and sometimes a sheriff or two. But the effects rarely had regional consequences uh, like the Johnson County War. Now, uh, for sheer bad blood and uh, stupidity and one thing or another, this was dumb. Because the Johnson County War in Wyoming, sometimes known as, known as the War on Powder River, it was between the two big cattlemen and the little cowboy. So right. really two factions that should have been working together. Yeah. So it was kind of a dumb war with loss of life. Really? But, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, as I mentioned, uh, John. as time went on, uh, John it kind of became open season on John Chisholm's cattle. Rustlers all over the territory picked away. How many away thousand head? 85,000? 70 to 80,000. 70 to 80,000 head yeah. of cattle. And how do you keep track of that? That is the $64,000 question. Yeah. 
So in desperation, Chisholm wrote Governor Lou Wallace and recommended that Pat Garrett, a uh-huh. former buffalo hunter, be deputized to guard specific crossing points along the Pecos, and Garrett be empowered to, inter- empowered to intercept the outlaws and, if necessary, kill them. And, of course, you know what's coming. Yep. Out of this effort came the election of Pat Garrett as sheriff, his rendezvous with destiny less than two years later when he surprised Billy the Kid in Fort Sumner bedroom, left him dead with a bullet in the heart, and we've discussed the questionability of that uh, whole story. I have a tendency to lean towards Billy the Kid was not killed by Pat Garrett. Well, there's too many unanswered questions. Variables. Yes, variables. So... Meanwhile, up in the territorial capital, the corrupt Santa Fe ring with Senator Tom Catron uh, sought to bring Chisholm to his knees. They hated John for his Pecos power, for his independence from political control, and various lawsuits charged Chisholm with fraud. And in January of 1878, the authorities jailed him, actually put him in jail for several weeks in Las Vegas, New Mexico. Right. In in jail there. Now, during his imprisonment, he wrote an explanation and a vindication of his actions. Now, this actual remarkable document uh, uh, is still in existence. Really? Yeah, and it reveals Chisholm as basically a straightforward man. He trusted some old friends much more than he should have. Uh, After his release, he sold much of his stock to a group called Hunter & Evans, uh, a St. Louis firm that had interest throughout the West. I don't know if you've heard of that. While he was jailed, did he have or hire his own attorney? Did he have his own attorneys working for him? You know, it doesn't mention anything about the... It sounds like he tried to represent himself. It almost does. Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, uh, John made a good decision. Times were changing. The days of the free public land and open range, you yeah. know, that was pretty much gone. And, and I'm sure the sheep, you know, they were moving in about this time, too. I don't know if it says that in the information that you have. But really, when you talk about, let's say, 70,000 head of cattle, how many people work for John Chisholm? That's a good question. I, and I don't know that. But wow. it had to be... A, well, you take a cattle drive. They would a lot of times have two thousand head with two to three thousand head. Yeah, yeah about fifteen yeah. to twenty to yeah. twenty five men. Yeah, so uh, they were responsible for a lot of cattle. But you would think as big of land value as he controlled with his ranch and all of his holdings and everything, that they would have looked at something and said like Section A is managed by so and so and this many cowboys. Section B, this many cowboys and managed by. You couldn't possibly sit in one location and manage that many cattle on that ranch. Right, and just like is today, you know, a lot of these big outfits have a foreman or several. Oh, had foreman. To be. Oh, yeah. And then uh, there's probably a line of command, a chain of command. Basically, of some kind. the story about John Chisholm. Don't you think that he got so big that basically he was out of control? I think so. Yeah. And again, with uh, the ranges being closed more and more, and but anyway, in 1883, a malignant tumor sprouted on the left side of his neck, grew to the size of a baseball, and kind of tilted his head to the right. And when he could stand the discomfort and the pain no longer, he went to Kansas City, Missouri, for an operation. Really? Now, the doctor said the operation was a success, and although in great pain, John started for home, and he made it as far as Las Vegas, again, New Mexico, when another tumor appeared just that quick. Oh, wow. Now, this one grew large almost overnight and just was so painful. 
Well, in desperation, he returned to Kansas City, but this time the doctor said he was too weak to operate. They gave him some medicine, but, you know, nothing helped. And Chisholm could not speak above a whisper now because it was in his neck. And with the spark of life flickering, he hoped the mineral baths at Eureka Springs, uh, some kind of mineral bath yeah. deal there yeah. uh, in Arkansas, might help. Well, they didn't, and he died on December 22nd, 1884. And with his death at the age of 60, a lot that was, you know, good and fine and noble and stubborn and persevering in his world, in that world, kind of died with him. And perhaps his best testament was the cowboys he left behind because he trained a lot of, like we said, foremans and cowboys. But yeah. um, up until a few short years ago, there was still a lot of men around who were proud to say they once worked for the Jingle Bob brand. And they had ridden the river with John Chisholm. You know, when you think about it, I've only got a minute left here, but uh, when he passed, how did he or did he have a will that would be given out or disseminated to other members of his family, maybe a brother or sister or something like that? You no, know, and, and I have no information on that. Wow. Where he had no children, and I don't know how small the outfit. I mean, all of a sudden, you're going to possibly turn over to the state of New Mexico and Texas a multi-thousand, thousand-dollar, or thousand-acre ranch and all those holdings? Wow. Wow. Yeah. And again, I don't know how how much he sold off before yeah. he died. Yeah, and he may have it may have been down to it wasn't that big by the time he died. I don't know. Holy cow, John Chisholm. John Chisholm, real life guy. cowboy, and uh, in the films portrayed by John Wayne. Yeah, yep. yep. Gonna have to go watch that again. Yeah. And what was uh, John Wayne's? What he was married in the movie though. Oh, okay. Yeah, John Wayne was married in the movie. Well, they have to do that. Yeah, it looked better. <laughs> it yeah. does. Anyway, anyway uh, John Chisholm, that's a good story. You ought to do some checking on who really benefited from the estate. I'll do some research on that because I'm yeah. kind of curious, too, what happened to all that That's plan. a lot of money. A lot of, I mean, millions and millions, really. Yeah, really. So. And uh, somebody had told me, and correct me if, if you find this to be wrong, that a lot of the John Chisholm estate went to state parks and recreation land. Is that... And again, I, I don't know that. I okay. mean, it was such a huge area, 150 miles. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty big. Along the river. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? Well, Doc, you did it again. A great story. I appreciate it. And, of course, Dr. History is brought to you by Minicasha Sales at 1321 East Main Street in Burley, right across from the airport. Zach and the rest of his very, very talented crew. Everything you need right there, spring remodeling projects, summer remodeling projects, lumber, windows with the western windows, everything at Minicasha Sales. Okay, now the question of the week is, what? Are we going to talk about next week? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> you know what I have a question on? <laughs> What's and that? I asked you this one other time, and we only got a minute here. What about money and how it was handled in the Old West? You said he wrote out a check. What about the banks and what about checks and the financial standing in the Old West? I mean, what about the money situation? How did they write a check? How was it honored at various banks as they traveled? I mean, what about the money situation? Well, actually, when I read that and he said he wrote out a check, I was a little bit surprised at that. Yeah. Because uh, I know that on the cattle drives, they would have arrangements along the drive with certain uh, uh, store people or whatever yeah. that that the trail boss could have credit at really and so i i'm really not sure you know if they i know they definitely they at times carried uh 
a lot of money with them. Why Gold. don't you do a little program on the induction, if you would, into our society of checks in the Old West and how they banked and and how they got... Remember on Bonanza, they were always talking about going to Virginia City and getting a draw and all that. Oh. I'd be interested in the financial standing of the Old West. Well, that's, that, that's a good idea, because there's a little... Gray area there, you know. And did Ben Cartwright's checks ever bounce? That's an even better question. (laughs) (laughs) I got to run. Doc, God bless you. You have a good day. Thank you. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.